Hey, we're back again. Ray Ray's podcast live from the ninth floor of Hello Studios. Beautiful downtown Dallas. You know, we're ready for this temperature to drop. You know, Cowboys, we two and one. Okay, we did it without Dak. So uh, take your time, Dak. Take your time. Take your time. You know, see, get your stuff right. You know, and then come back. All right. You know, it's your boy Ray and Allison. You know, we're back again with another edition of Ray Ray's podcast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing us on all of our channels. Go to YouTube. Look for those legally correct videos. Look for those full episode videos. Go to Instagram and like us. Leave a comment. TikTok. You know, we started a new TikTok recently. Make sure y'all go check that out. You know, like, share. You know. All the good stuff. Help us out. If you love us, support us, all right? And, you know, since we love y'all, we want to pour into y'all and say some, you know, some inspiring words, you know, to start the show. So, Allison, you ready? Ready. All right. So, for those of y'all listening and watching us right now, in case no one told you today, hey, you're beautiful, you're loved, you're needed, hey, you're alive for a reason, you're stronger than you think, you're going to get through this. See, we're glad you're alive and don't give up. So you know, keep saying those positive words to yourself. You know, those hard situations are coming. You can get through that by saying some positive words, you know? All right. You ready? Ready. All right. So let me tell you about today's guest, man. I got one of my friends in the building today. Uh, a man we call Mike Rob. You know, you may have seen us out somewhere tearing it up. Concrete Cowboy somewhere. <laughs> Uh, me casino getting some mambo limousines, but no, but real talk, he's a you know investor, uh, real estate tycoon, uh, owner of many restaurants. So I want to welcome Mike Rob to Ray Ray's podcast. Hey, what's up, Mike? How's it been going, bro? Hey, how's it going, man? Man, you doing all right? Great. Man, thank you for taking time out, coming, uh, you know, rock with us today on the, on the show, man. It's a long time coming. Absolutely. We talked about this for a minute, but you know, you here. You know what I'm saying? Finally made it. Finally made it. All right. So let's just get right into it. You know, let's dive right into it. You know, know, we've had a lot of conversations. Uh, You know, you've had a lot of humble beginnings. Right now you're in a position where, you know, you you, you made it a little bit. You moved on up, as the Jeffersons say. (laughs) I want you to talk to us about some of the struggles that it took for you to get from where you started started at to where you're at now. I think definitely always believe in yourself. You know, you, you... People will tell you, average people will tell you what you can and can't do all the time. And, you know, as a norm, we tend to listen to average people. And you have to decipher yourself from being average or being above that. So I think most importantly, you have to work on being, developing a mindset to where you know you're not average. Because average is not where it's at. So how do you determine and how did you put in your mind, I know I'm not average? Well, because when you, you know, the way I grew up, you know, it was, uh, you know, told that if you made, you know, you worked 40 hours a week and you made, you know, $20 an hour, you were, you were balling out of control in that life. As long as you paid your bills and took care of your family, that's all it really took, you know. Um, I learned different than that from my, my grandfather. You know, my grandfather was an entrepreneur and a hustler, you know, and I, I he basically told me, you know, in my younger days that, hey, you know, you, you can't be comfortable with just barely getting by. And the way I think that most people were raised, you know, is that we're raised to believe that it's okay to get by. And I think that that's just something that never sit well with me. So what were some things you did to, you know, kind of prevent yourself from just getting by to where you weren't like, okay, 
I don't have to worry about paycheck to paycheck. What were some things that you put in place to change that? Well, I mean, when I, when I was younger, you know, I had the opportunity. I was I was in the streets when I was a kid doing a lot of things I wasn't supposed to do. I got an opportunity um, in about 1998, 97 actually, uh, from a guy named Greg Stout that owned a company called Cylinder Services, which is off of Bugner Boulevard to this day. And um, the guy started me out, you know, making like $8 an hour. Um, and then I had guys, you know, at the time I'm only 17 years old, you know, within a year of being there, I had 45, 50-year-old men answering to me, and I was making $42 an hour back then. It was killing it. I was put, I was doing enough work in 16 hours. I mean, I was doing enough work in eight hours to cover 16 hours worth of spread, so he had no problem paying me that. So I learned from him a lot of values. The guy was very hard on me. The guy uh, forced me to level up. And I think a lot of people are not forced to level up. Again, it goes back to just getting by, right? Um, so I owe a lot of uh, my success to him and the things that he embedded in me to get me where I am now. So I would just say, you know, honestly, man, you you have to go above and beyond if you want to be great. I don't care if you're if you're mowing yards or if you work at the food store. You know, I started out working at vineyards when I was a kid, but I did my best, you know. Anything you do, you got to just do the absolute best you can do and do better than the man standing next to you. That's the key. It's competitive. You have to be competitive in all aspects of life. So tell us about some of the businesses that you're currently running and what you're invested in at this moment. So there's a lot. I mean, um, I invest in rehab, construction. I buy properties, rehab them. I own several restaurants and bars. Uh, we can go on for that. We have Shaker Tins. Um, we have Ebb and Flow. Um, we have a couple others. Um, and we have a couple of our concepts getting ready to come out. Um, real estate's been a big deal for me. Um, I've been in real estate since I was probably about 19 years old. Again, I was in the streets then uh, when I was a kid and was still smart enough then, you know, to put my money in real estate. Uh, I've been I've been hedging against the market for years. Um, so really... Um, there's so many. I mean, it, honestly, if I sit here and think about it, and I'm not trying to be any kind of way when I say it, but I, I probably own 20 different businesses. Um, you know, my wife is my business partner in my company, 715 Investments. We buy property. We basically buy anything that's worth anything to make something out of it. Um, we have a hair business. We have salons. We have clothing companies. We have a lot of things we've been in. Um Overall, I mean, I started really the one I love probably, I ain't going to say I love the most, but the one that's been really good to me is commercial construction. We own Alpha Construction. We do a lot of things. We build for a lot of big guys here in, in the DFW Metroplex. Um, I've been really happy with that. I really enjoy that. I really like taking big projects and, you know, and uh, taking something from and making it, you know, taking nothing and turning it into something that's major. Um, the residential aspect's been fun for the last couple of years because, you know, the market's been good. It's been crazy. Starting to shift now, so it's a little different um, looking at that. But overall, you know, it's, you know, I've enjoyed doing multiple businesses because I'm allowed to help multiple people. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I enjoy the most is building other people up. You know, it's, I think it's a fault for me in some ways. I was having this conversation with a guy earlier today. Sometimes maybe it's my downfalls. I try to help everybody. But I've enjoyed, you know, and being an entrepreneur, I've enjoyed taking a lot of people and putting them in higher positions. That's really what I enjoy the most. I actually enjoy that more than making money for myself. That's the true fact. So then a follow-up question to that. Um, you were talking about how you started from nothing and turned it into something major. 
for the people who are starting from scratch and from nothing, what is something that you would suggest to them to get started? I think relationships is the most important key to starting any business. You, you have to develop relationships with people that are outside of your norm. You know, when I grew up, I grew up around people that were just street people, right? There was nobody that could help anybody do anything besides stay on the corner. Um, I had to get myself out of that. And I started networking with people that were doing positive things, you know, and honestly, you know, for me, I was pretty fortunate because I just put out a quality of product and construction that nobody else did. I had a lot of guys ranting and raving about me in the city. And some of those guys ended up being some really big people um, in the city. And it helped bloom my business. Um, it, it took off from there. So I would say, most importantly, surround yourself around people that are doing better than you're doing, for starters. You can't hang around people that have that are full of ideas and no action. Um, you know, I've always been one of those people that I'll put everything on the line. I don't hold back. I mean, I've literally put my last dollar on the line multiple times in my life. And if you're not willing to do that, then you might as well sit down somewhere and work for somebody else and call them boss every day. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you put the plan in place to get into the construction company? Because, you know, you say you started off with real estate, then you got into construction. How did you get those plans in place to get into construction? And, you know, when did you start doing the construction? Man, I started in construction really young. Um, but, again, it went back to a relationship that I had. I have a really good friend of mine. It's like a brother of mine. His name's Mike Hoke. He's probably... Man, he, he owns probably 10% of downtown Dallas now. Me and him kind of grew up together and kind of kind of cut our teeth together. He got a little ahead of me. You know, he was, he was more of the impressionable guy that could get out and talk to people. I'm not really that guy. I'm the behind-the-scenes guy. I get it done. And he, he really motivated me, man, and gave me the gusto to get out and move things. So when I first started doing construction in houses, uh, man, the first house I jumped on I ever built in my life, was 5,000 square feet, and that's crazy. You know, that's a big house. It was in Lake Ridge, you know, and this is back when I was 19 years old. So him having all the connections he had with bankers and everything else, they just they co-signed for me, to be honest with you. It was, a, it was kind of a, it was a relationship deal. I started that, and I delivered on my promise, and I, I started building from there and just went from there, like up and up, you know. You know, there was a lot of deals I did, you know, that, that – I thought I was going to make X amount of dollars on it, and I didn't. And sometimes I lost, but I always kept my word and paid my promise and paid my notes back to the bank, you know. That's hard for people to do. You know, you live in this uh, this this era to where people think it's okay to file bankruptcy and start all over again. And in my opinion, I think that's just stealing. Yeah. So, you know, man, honestly, like, again, it's it, it was just relationships with people, and I think that's very important, and that's really what helped me get the gusto. But I would say always develop relationships with people, that can help you get where you want to go, you know? From construction, I know you got into the restaurant and bar industry. Tell us when you got into that, and did you just always have a passion for, like, the bar and food industry, or did you just see, oh, this is a good investment to get into? So in 1998, again, referring back to my partner, Mike Hope, we started a restaurant called Go Fish. It was in Addison. This is back in 98. And, you know, we again, we were young, and we are like, we're going to try this. This sounds fun. Well, Nobody told any of us at that time that the restaurant business is the riskiest business you can get in, period. It's very tough. It's hard. It's very volatile. Um, we ran in that thing, man, like head over heels, put a million dollars in that thing, and it did well for years, man. And then it just we just we didn't know what we were doing, long story short, and we lost our ass, um, long story short. 
So a lot of people told me after that are like, don't ever get in restaurant bars again. It'll it'll just it'll never pan out for you. Me, I don't give up. If I if I if I take a hickey on something, I I I think I'm smarter than everybody in the room when it comes to that. Like I'm like I'll outwork them. I'll figure it out. If we lost, why did we lose? Let's figure out why we lost and how do we come back and be better. And that's really what we did when we launched a couple of the other concepts we did. Especially now, you know, years later with Shakerton's, we came out. We we're like, you know, our partners. We're like, look, man, we've all been in this game for a long time. Well, I think what we're missing is each other. So we kind of put it together. We collaborated. And then, you know, now we're, we've grown in the last two years from one store to five stores. We're doing 20 stores. That's amazing. We have a whole different concept that's getting ready to roll out. Actually, two more concepts getting ready to roll out. They're going to be good. You know, man, it's, it's, it's tough. The restaurant, everybody wants to be in it. Everybody sees the glitz and glamour on it, you know, and, it's a rough business. Because I remember uh, when you, Shakerton's only had that one, and um, so it had to be 2017. This is around the time I met you yep. uh, with the Cowboys Club. Um, you had the one Shakerton's in the colony, and like now to see how y'all have grown, you know. From there, you had the Shakerton's in Allen. Then from Allen, Shakerton's in Plano, and you just opened up the one, was it Prosper? Prosper? And then I think we spoke, you're about to open up one, you said by uh, Midtown. Midtown, yeah. Over there was about the Galleria. By the Galleria, yeah. yeah, yeah. So how long before that, that uh, store is open? That store will be open. We're hoping to get it open, like, end of November and get it moving. We've got a couple more uh, locations in sight now we're working on. Um, and then we're, we're going to venture out of DFW. We're going to hit up um, Austin, Texas, San Antonio, Houston Market for sure. Just kind of slow roll that as we go. Um, but, yeah, man, it's been great, man. It's been really good. Prosper's been a really good store. We kind of went out to Prosper and, and – turned over a new leaf out there. People have, I don't think they've really ever seen anything like us out there, you know. <laughs> so it's been a cool experience, you know. We've, 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 for the most part, been, you know, welcome with open arms. So we're, we're, we're happy to be out there. Yeah, when you go to cities that aren't as, you know, I would say dense, like Dallas, um, you can see a lot of success in those smaller towns or towns that aren't as crowded as here. So, like, I was helping Twin Peaks open up a bunch of restaurants, right? And yep. one place we opened a location was Odessa. I'm like, there's nothing out there. But they're busy every day from open to close. The busiest store I've seen in a very long time. So I hope to see your business do very well out there Appreciate as well. Yeah. I think we know a lot of the same people probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. So what is, what is something that's been one of the biggest challenges, you know, in the restaurant uh, bar industry, you know, we had the pandemic, you know, a lot of places were closed for X amount of time or barely open at all, or just doing, you know, takeout. Other than that, what was the biggest challenge of being in that industry? I think, man, it's, it's the biggest challenge is finding your identity. You know, you, you open a bar, sports bar, right? Say, for instance, you open one in Plano, and then you go to Prosper. Well, you're looking at two different parts of the world, right, for say, Plano, party town, balls of the wall, everybody's hanging out, having a blast. You go to Prosper, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a family town. It's more of a family-driven area. And they're very loyal about where they go out there. Like, you know, it's still a hometown place. It's growing out of, it's growing out of control, right? So the hardest part about my job, and that's what my job is in the company, you know, outside of being the owner, is like we sit there, and I, my job is I have to sit there and find the locations. And it's a lot of stress on me. You know, my other partners, they do their job. We all, Everybody has a job, right? But it's so hard for me, man, because I have to drive around all day long and look at areas I'm not that familiar with, you know, and go, hmm, how's this fit our model? You know, what's the demographic here? What's this? It's so many things you have to look at, so many deciding factors. But what I have found, to be honest with you, is that 
you don't really know what's going to be a good location. You know, some of the guys I know are very smart in the restaurant, but it's these guys are deep in the game, like way beyond me. And they're like, Mike, you know, you'll never figure that out. So all you can do is, is, is speculate and be as calculated as possible and just really think that one through. But you don't know. Because, you know, some stores that I thought were going to, you know, just in the past and other concepts I had, stores you thought were going to be great were, were duds. And the ones you thought were going to be mediocre were bangers. You know, so it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's very tough. And, and in this business, you have to have a big team. So speaking, speaking of team, talk to us about the importance of teamwork and everyone playing their role, coming together as one. Because, you, you know, you can't have a team full of Jordans all the time. Sometimes you have to have a Jordan, a Pippen, a Koo Coach, Steve Kerr. Everyone has to play their position. How hard is that, especially when you're getting more successful together as a group? You know, some people may feel like, you know, I'm just as important as you are. How, how do you all gel and make it work? Well, teamwork, teamwork is the most important thing, man. They say teamwork makes the dream work, right? You know, over at Shaker Tent, you know, we got Brad and Neil. You know, Brad's been in the game a long time. You know Brad very well. You know, it, it takes – these guys are veterans. You know, you, these guys, they know the game. You, you have to be involved with guys like that. Those guys, they don't quit. They're resilient. They work countless hours. Man, to build any team, everybody has to have the same mindset. Everybody has to have, hey, I'll work the 120 hours a week if I have to. If you've got one guy in the mix that works 40 hours a week or one guy in the mix that doesn't see, you know, the, the, the potential for the group, he's got to go. Bottom line, you've got to go. You know, this game, man, you've got to be a shark. You've got to be a hog, and we're all hogs. That's the best part about our group at Shaker Tens that I'm so proud about, man, is that, you know, you take guys from the floor to the front office, and every one of us are the same, women and men. Everybody is kill or be killed. So – that's the most important part. I mean, teamwork, man, nothing beats that, you know. It, you know, and even our, all of our guys that work for us, you know, kitchen staff to management, everybody's treated the same. You know, I'm big on that. I'm very big on, you know, shaking hands with everybody. Matter of fact, I'd rather shake hands with the janitor than I would some of the managers, to be quite honest with you, because, <laughs> you know, it's just who I am, you know. Um, it, it man teamwork is the key you can't do anything alone you know you hear so many people getting off subject for a minute but i got to talk about it you hear so many people say i'm a self-made millionaire there's no fucking such thing as a self-made millionaire and if anybody's been on this podcast and told you that they're full of shit you look <laughs> at me and a lot of guys that have been on this podcast i know them you know personally none of us were made by ourselves. There's always somebody in the background helping us do something. Mm -hmm. I, couldn't be, I couldn't do what I do without my people behind me. I couldn't do what I do without my wife behind me, period. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest joke that I hear people say, oh, I'm a self-made. You ain't self-made shit. It's impossible. <laughs> Trust Absolutely. me. It's impossible. Dropping dimes over here. Hey, man. <laughs> Somebody's got to talk about it. I, I hear it so much, man. It, it blows my mind. It's like there's no such thing. You yeah. can't be a self-made millionaire. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I love that you're recognizing your team and your wife for helping you grow into the, you know, businessman and millionaire that you are. Because, like you just said, a lot of people do say that they're self-made millionaires. And, yeah. I mean, I'll roll my eyes not in front of them because I'm not rude. But it's just like <laughs> I know that you got there with a group of people. You've had help on the way. And I've helped brand with different businesses who have, you know, the head of the company is a millionaire, but they treat their team like shit because they have that I'm 
self-made mentality. That's right. Okay, well, watch all of us quit and see where you are now. <laughs> That's right. So I just, it's just so refreshing to hear that coming from a man in your position because there's not enough businessmen and women who are millionaires that treat their team that way. So it's good to hear. You know, humble, you know, money don't make the man, make man make the money, right? You can't, that's one thing about me, man. You right, you know me a long time. Like I've, I've never, ever been better than anybody, bigger than anybody. I'll, I'll just never be that way. And it's not, it's not embedded me. Cause I mean, really at the end of the day, what's money, right? The only difference between me and the guy pushing the basket down the street is, is that I can buy what I want to buy when I want to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. But men- mentally, does it make me better than him? It doesn't make me better than him. You know, it doesn't. Like, you know, the other day I saw a guy eating out of a trash can, and I was with my little brother, and literally broke my heart, you know. We went over to 7-Eleven, got him something to eat or whatever. And my brother, you know, my brother's a very, very good human being, and he's like, Mike, I mean, shit, that could be easily one of us, the way we were raised, right? So, you, man, you Again, I think a lot of people in this world, they put a lot of preface on it. You know, money creates comfort, and that's about all I can say about it. You know, and I feel I feel like the more that I can make, the more that I can help. And I think a lot of people should think that way. A lot of people want to build their pockets and, 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 and buy Ferraris and all that shit. And don't get me wrong, I've done that. And it's, and it's fucking fun. It is. But however, the older I get, the more I realize that shit doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, just recently... Um, a rapper, Kodak Black. I don't know if you've heard yeah, of him or not. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. absolutely. I was like, I don't Who know you your, <laughs> your music rapport, but, you know, um, he actually just paid rent for multiple families, and so that way they wouldn't be evicted by 2023. And then Shaquille O'Neal is huge on helping yep. out families and people in need. So I love seeing and hearing you say, you know, the more I make, the more I want to give back. We could use a lot more of that in this world. If more people were that way, I'm sure we'd see less homeless folks. I'm not saying be their crutch and enable them from becoming their best self and, like, grinding out, you know, to make themselves something. But, like, just to be helpful because, you know, especially after COVID, so many people have been evicted, like, homelessness rates are up sky high uh denver actually just gave most of its homeless people a thousand dollars each a month for a year just to try to get them on their feet so if we can have a more initiative in helping the world with you know the millionaires and the billionaires just contributing a little bit is it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot you know you know honestly it doesn't you know but being uh raised by a single mother my mother was a cancer patient we we had zero dollars you know, and and you see there there are so many single moms out there, and even single dads. I don't want to discount from the dads that that just need a little bit of an edge to go over. And sometimes it's not what you give somebody financially; it can be what you give them verbally mm-hmm. to change somebody's life. You know, I never had anybody in my life when I was young to tell me, "Hey, stay out of the streets. Don't be a gangbanger. Don't be a drug dealer." Nobody ever told me that, and nothing against my mother, but she was too busy just trying to provide to even tell me that herself. You know what I mean? So it, it, it it's something I had to learn on my own. I had to learn it the hard way. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there's a lot that people can do to contribute to bringing the good. And I think a lot more people should do that. So we have this little segment on the show. It's called I Just Want to Get to Know You. Slow down. We just want to get to know you. This is where we kind of ask you, you know, a little bit personal questions so people can really know Mike Rob. Uh, and you, you know, we see where we go for that. 
Also have to mention that the I'm sorry that slow down is brought to you by Lyrically Correct. Uh, if you think you know you know lyrics, and you want to play the game Lyrically Correct. Go to lyricallycorrect.com, put in promo code RayRay to save 20% off that game, and make sure you're checking out Lyrically, Lyrically Correct Fridays on Instagram and YouTube from Ray Ray's podcast. All right, so we talked about this briefly. Like you invest in a bunch of things. What do you look for when you decide? Okay, this is something I want to invest in. What are the characteristics? Of things that you look for, um, you know, attributes. What do you look for? We say, okay, this is something I feel like I can invest in. I look for how much I can control. So a guy asked me this yesterday. It's crazy. We're talking about this, and he said, "Man, how do you know what to invest in?" I said, "I invest in what I can control, the market that I know." People come to me all the time and go, "Hey, man, invest in this, invest in that," and I don't know shit about it. If I don't know shit about the market, I don't do it. However, I will say this. There are a few friends that I have that knew a lot about things I didn't at the time, and I invested in them because I believe in them as a person. So I look at the person overall if I'm going to invest with them, right? I look at what's their worth ethic, number one, right? Not necessarily their financial background. What's your worth ethic, right? I watch how you move. If I see you at, at the club every Friday and Saturday night, then you can not call me at all. You're wasting my time. Um, I just look at how you move, you know, but also I, I always invest in things that I know about. If you want to talk about real estate, I'll invest in real estate, you know, possibly auto stuff. You know what I mean? I, I know a little bit about that game. I'll do that. Um, I just like things that I can control. I know the market. So let's say I invest with you on buying three Ferraris and it goes to shit then I can take those Ferraris and figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. But if you ask me to invest in you to go do five smoothie shops, I'm not going to stand in there and make 16 smoothies every 10 minutes because <laughs> I don't know that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not what I'm trying to do. I invest in shit I believe in. And, I, you know, Warren Buffett said it best, believe in shit you invest in shit you believe in. You have to. That's the only way I move, man. I won't go a different direction. I, never, I don't detour from that. It's been really good to me. So – I watched this thing that's called Legacy. It's talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and how Dr. Jerry Buss bought the Lakers. He essentially bought the Chrysler building and traded it for the Forum in Los Angeles, okay? So question for you, you know, kind of based off of that. If you could choose as an investment, would you A, buy a sports team or B, a bunch of McDonald franchises? Man, that's a tricky question. That's a tricky question because, you know, Jerry Jones is my idol, man. Um, <laughs> um, watching what he did with the Cowboys, man, it's hard to go against saying buy a sports team. You know what I mean? Um, the McDonald's deal, funny story, is my father, man, rest in peace, he had an opportunity in the early 80s to buy McDonald's franchises for like $28,000 a piece, and he passed on it. And we all know where that story is at, right? Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> So, man, that's a good question. Um, I think if I wanted to work less, I would invest in McDonald's because obviously you're going to have operations people you put in place to run that. Same thing I do with my other restaurants. You do that, right? If, if my heart and soul was, a, was that sports franchise like the Cowboys is to Jerry, I would say sports because Jerry lives and dies the Cowboys, man. People don't understand that about that guy, but he, he really loves the Cowboys. That's his heart and soul. And everybody that doesn't know him goes, oh, man, he's all about the money. He's all No, he, I mean, Jerry wants to make money, don't get me wrong, but he loves the Dallas Cowboys. So that's a good question, man. I mean, I think, again, I think if I didn't want to work a lot, I'd do the McDonald's. 
But if I wanted to work my ass off like Jerry does and, and, and sit up in that booth and be stressed out, I'd buy a sports team. <laughs> I'm one of those people that um, I don't – I believe you when you say Jerry Jones loves the Cowboys, but I am one of those people that says he's doing what he can to get money in the stadium, putting butts in those seats. I wish he would invest more money in better players. Yeah, but 100%. I will say our defense is holding it down. So Jerry's got me there. But, you know, as a fan, I am one of those people that wonders, you know, does he care more about the money or the team? I, I, I will I will defend Jerry and say Jerry, Jerry loves the money, but he loves the team more. I can tell you that firsthand. He really does love the Dallas Cowboys. There's no doubt about that. So kind of on the topic of Jerry Jones, you know, early in his career as the owner, you know, he threw the money out there. You know, he would get guys like Deion Sanders, you know, the guys he needed to get, throw money out there, okay? Now, you as an investor, what's more important sometimes? Is it, is, it, is it more important just to throw the money out there, okay, or just wait, you know, and be smart and buy stuff of value? Because, you know, that's the thing that's been going on with the Cowboys, okay, we're going to get players at a value. How important, that, how important is that as a businessman versus just – Shelling money out there versus, okay, let's get value instead of just throwing money out there. That's a make-or-break deal for a business guy. You you can't throw money out there. When you throw money out there, probably 88 to 90% of the time, it's not going to come back the way you think it's going to come back. You you definitely have to do your homework on shit. You know, like right now, like the real estate market, me and my wife, we're heavily in the real estate game right now. we got a lot of money out there in the streets. Some properties that are sitting right now, when four months ago they were gone in two days. So we're going to hedge the market. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to sell what we have on hand now and then hedge the market and look for better deals and hold those because I don't think the real estate market is going to turn back around until after the election. We're going to have to go through an election. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and get into a political debate, but at the end of the day, until the people we have in office now are gone, this market's going to be shit. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's been ran in the dirt. So the housing market is staying in the trash can. Re- interest rates are at 7% now. They're two and a half times more than they were six months ago. You know, they yeah, they stabilize gas, but, you know, you, you can't give away money, you know, and expect mm-hmm. the economy to get better. It's just yeah. not going to happen. I had a quick question for you. Um, because, you know, you started, again, like you said, from nothing, and then – now you're making major moves and you have this incredible life. Um, did you ever read any books or are there any books you would suggest or that you love? You know, that's a good question. Um, I read Dave Ramsey books years ago, right? And it, and it was, and it preaches debt free, right? Everything paid off, everything, this, everything, they got to pay it off. I lived by that motto for probably, and I actually still live by that motto right now. But lately, it's, it's, a good, it's a good question you asked me that because lately I've been thinking, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, <sighs> that, that guy, guy that guy, he's a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about something the other day I said, and he said, you know, I made, you know, a billion dollars or whatever, I paid zero taxes. That struck my chord because nice. I paid a lot of fucking taxes last year, boys. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it, it, is, it, it, it would fucking blow your hair off your head. Um, and so I'm like, all right, cool, well, I'm fucking up. I literally looked at my wife, you know, three days ago, we were talking about this. We were having a cocktail at the house, and I was like, you know, we got to figure some shit out. You know, debt, when when they borrow money, that's that's the thing that, you know, again, I grew up with no education on money. Nobody taught me how to use relationships with the bank, how to handle that. I didn't have a clue about it. 
and you know one of my closest friends you know him uh mike you know was the president of my bank and he kind of gave me a little insight on some stuff and it's like you know man they leverage those loans you write that off so you're like well i don't want to have debt well when you get to a certain level in life i think you gotta have debt yeah you gotta have debt so you don't have to pay taxes do you want to pay a million dollars in tax or do you want to or do you want to have debt against that it's a no-brainer you have the money to pay it at any given time right mm -hmm. so Again, I, I've lived a debt-free life for a long time, but I'm starting to realize, especially when it comes to the real estate side of investments and just my investments in general, it's time to play with somebody else's money. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. Um, and I did enjoy uh, that book as well. Um, and you just spoke of Jerry Jones and how he's someone that you, you know, look up to and admire. Um, is there anyone else uh, that you look up to or has been inspiration for you? Honestly, I'll go back to my business partner, you know, Mike Hoke, that we, you know, we've known each other since we were childhood friends. Um, the guy has um, taught me a lot too, you know, as far as not only just business, but like family man aspect. You know, when me and him were young, you know, we used to run around and just do crazy shit together. And he matured a lot faster than me. You know, I kept drinking and partying and hanging out and all that stuff. And he went off and got married, quote, right at the time. And I was like, hey, I can't believe you did that, you know, but. This guy, you know, you know, you know, from Bangladesh, you know, the guy has done the impossible. And he doesn't realize that when he hears this, he'll probably, I know he'll get all emotional because I know how he is. But, but it's like I, I always look up to him because he's, he's family to me and he's always been the voice of reason for me. Even when I went through hard times in my life and done some really dumb shit, he was always there to support me. So my motivation, I would definitely say, would go to him as far as looking up to him because he, he's been a visionary. And I'm, I'm just now getting to be a real good visionary. He's been a visionary since we were fucking our early 30s. Aww. He would tell me shit about buying high-rise. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? And the motherfucker owns six of them in downtown Dallas now. So it's like literally. So it's like that's crazy to think of with a friend. You know, y'all both grew up not, you know, basically starting from ground zero. That's amazing. Oh, that's so sweet, too. <laughs> I love that. And, okay, I have one more question for you, and then I'll let Ray ask no, the rest. Right. Um, so it's kind of going to be a little bit of a brain worker. Okay. But if you could have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. It can be multiple people, too, like a dinner party, if you can't just come up with one. And it's going to be a crazy answer, but it's a pretty easy answer for me. Mike Tyson. <laughs> why? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I've always, since I was a kid, respected Mike Tyson because, you know, everybody, he was always, there was always a bad picture painted about Mike. You know, Mike was a very, probably in my opinion, one of the best athletes ever. And he was, there was always a bad picture painted because he had a bad attitude. Well, if you know me, Ray knows me very well. I don't walk around smiling all the time. Everybody thinks I'm an asshole. I'm not. <laughs> I just look like a, I look like I'm pissed off all the time. And so does Mike, you know. And I, I think the mentality is a lot alike that I have with him, and I respect him because he's always demanded respect, you know. I, the way I grew up, you know, I grew up all black, junior high, all black high school, the only white kid, sole only white kid. I had to earn my respect with my hands. And – so I get that. Like, I get, I get Mike's mentality. Um, I think, you know, of course, you know, some of the decisions he made financially when you're young, well, who does make a good one, right? He yeah. kind of fucked that up. And he's definitely turned that around now. 
honestly, that would be the guy I want to sit down there and just pick his brain a little bit and just, you know, not necessarily about making money, but like, what was your thought pattern at X, Y, and Z? Because a lot of people have asked me that. What the fuck were you thinking at this point in your life? And then how did you get where you're at now? I think our story is a lot alike. So I definitely would say it would be Mike Tyson. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that dinner. <laughs> impeccable. Impeccable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one last question, and we're going to wrap this up. Um, you know, you mentioned, like, how you and your wife are a, t- are a team. You know, being successful, you know, you get pulled in a lot of directions. How is important, how do you make, make sure you're making the time for that significant other and their wife and growing together uh, as a relationship and as in business together? How do, how do you coordinate your time to make sure, okay, family has to be, I have to make time for family? Man, I have a good friend of mine, Ryan Stuman. Um, he, he's, he's a podcast guy, too, and he, the thing he preaches the best is, like, you got to make time for family. Like, date night's mandatory. There's no, there's no, our Thursday nights are our night. There's no if, ands, or buts, no how busy I am, no matter what the fuck happens, date night's Thursday night. Um, you know, she's been a big motivation for me. I've known my wife since I was literally through those trials and tribulations, 17 years old, I met her. We started dating when we were young, um, on and off throughout the years, whatever, been married now for 10 years. Um, she's been a big motivation for me because, you know, there's certain people that you're around every day. And they just make you want to do better and be better. Um, I'm with a woman that, I, that I'm around a lot every day, and she just makes me want to be better. It's nothing she says, nothing she does. I just want to be better for her to take care of my family, you know, and do the best I can. And on top of that, you know, as far as business, you know, we, we for years, I probably discounted what her value was to the relationship, right? I was like, all right, I'm the big dog out here making all the fucking money, and she's over here just doing these what I considered piddly things, but they meant the world to her. And at that time, I didn't know how to respect what her fucking shit, like I respect my own shit. And so that was me with the wrong mentality. It's like, I'm the guy making all the money, you're making less, and I run the show. Now, where I'm at now mentally is totally different. You know, we're business partners. She puts in the same amount of effort and work and hours into the real estate shit that I do. Um, we, we've, we've built a hell of a company, a hell of a company, um, and we're really vicious together. And I just wish we would have, you know, we realized this in the last year and a half. I wish we would have picked this up 10 years ago, and who knows what the fuck we'd be doing. Yeah. So, man, it, it's, it's been really good, but you have to balance that. Like, I, I, I now I try to balance my kids. You know, I have five kids. You know, I have two 21-year-old girls. Don't ask. I have, I have an 18-year-old <laughs> and a 17-year-old. And then, you know, my son, I had, you know, my son is 10. So my son's taught me a lot too, you know, because I didn't have a boy, you know, and he's taught me a lot. It's like boys, you know, I didn't have a father. My father was never around when I was growing up. Tried to reconcile with it when I was in my 20s, but that didn't work well. Um, but my, my son has taught me a lot. My son has really taught me the value of, of, of how important it is to be, you know, a unit in the household. So... I always say, man, for anybody successful, for sure, you got to have balance in the house. So if you're single, stay single. If you're married, you got to have the balance. You have to have it. So really, I would say that's probably the most important thing in a man's life. Like if you're with a woman, that's whether guys want to admit it or not, it's the most important thing. Because, you know, there's days that I have when I feel like shit, and she'll always be the one going, hey, man, you got this shit. It's no big deal. 
So what do you do? You can't, as a man, you can't go, oh, I still feel sad. I, I'm going to have a hard day now. I get in the truck and I'm like, fuck it. I got to do what she says I got to do. I can't be like a bitch in front of my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so sweet. I'm glad that she gives you that type of motivation, you know, and hopefully more men can have that mentality. And I'm sure the women who are married to men like that appreciate it. So I'm sure your wife will love to hear that when she sees this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let her see it. <laughs> I mean, you may get some brownie points. It is oh, brownie. shit. <laughs> no, I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> All right. So what do you want people to take away from this interview today? And if you can leave, you know, some, some ending words, what do you want to leave with us? I would say, you know, in life in general, if your situation doesn't look the best, right, and it most of the time doesn't for the majority of people, or in our perspective at that point, we think things are not the way it needs to be, take your time, be patient with life, you know. It's okay to fail. I, I have failed in literally 20 different businesses, and that's a story that people don't tell you, right? It's always success stories. Nobody ever tells you when they fuck up. I would say always take your time and, 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 it's, and understand it's okay to fail. Because when you fail, all that's going to do is teach you how to be smarter, more resilient, and just better all the way around. On top of that, be a good person. Never put yourself, no matter how much money you make, you're never better than anybody else, and don't ever fucking pretend to be because you're not. That's really it. I mean, I just think you you got you to be resilient. You got to stick to it. You know, and most importantly, you need to work 14 hours a day. Eight ain't going to cut it. Yeah. It ain't going to cut it. Yeah. A friend of mine says you should try to figure out how to cram two days worth of work into one. I haven't figured that out. He says he has. I'll take the day and a half out of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I, can get a, I can get a good day and a half, but not two days. Just drop some gems on everybody, all right? Again, real quick, I want you to shout out all your restaurants, all your businesses you want people to come visit. Um, if someone's looking to buy some property for you, sh shout out all those businesses too. Man, I guess the only ones I really want to talk too much about, I mean, shout out to Shaker Tins. You know, if you haven't been there, you got to go Friday, Saturday night for sure. It's going down, Plano Prosper, Austin Ranch, Allen. We've got a couple more stores coming. 715 Investments is our company. You know, we buy, if you got a house for sale and you want to sell it, you're having a hard time, market's going to shit right now, we'll come in, we buy your house at a, at a fair market value. We don't beat you to death on that. Um, shout out to my wife's hair company, Lux Locks. Um, London Grace Official, you know, clothing company. Um, man, that's that's at Alpha Construction. Got to got to get to Alpha. I can't believe I'm about to leave that one behind. You want <laughs> you want to build you want to build a, you want to pour some concrete. You want to build a high rise. We're the one you want to talk to. I'm gonna go ahead and ride off of you know your your wave. Um, pressure is good for you. Pressure makes diamonds. You know stress is good for you. So when you're going through moments of stress, anxiety, where you feel like you don't have the control, take that moment and look at it as something positive. This is going to help you grow. This is going to help you develop. This is going to help you be better. So take those stressful moments as gems because they're going to make you a better person at the end of the day. 100%. Man, Allison over here dropping them diamonds <laughs> for you real quick. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, shout out to Elite Pro Power Washing. If you got any power washing needs, go to EliteProWashing.com. Tell them Ray Ray's podcast sent you. Uh, you know how we got in the show, you know, in the words with you. So tell yourself, I will boss up physically, I will boss up mentally, I will boss up spiritually, 
and I will boss up financially. Invest in yourself. It's your boy Ray. And Allison. Ray Ray's podcast. We're out. Hey, get money all day, get money all night. Sip my drink.